Hey everybody, welcome back to your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. My name is Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm still Damon. And I'm Taj. (laughs) And that's Taj. (laughs) Otherwise known as McLovin. I I, got to be the closer. I got to come in, you know. (laughs) With the piped up energy. I'm not mad. Not mad at all. Hey, everybody. So welcome back to the podcast where we basically take music that we all love, share it with each other, get everybody's thoughts about how the music flows and what it, how it makes us feel. And then we actually, uh, towards the end, what you'll be able to see is we'll be able to add these onto an actual playlist that you'll be able to go through, download, listen to all these songs, listen to all these artists, and hopefully come out with the same love and appreciation that we have for them. And in this particular situation, uh, we're going to be going to what we call side A, where we have a discussion about a particular genre that we come up with um it's title that we come up with kind of like out of our ass but basically in this situation is we're going to be talking about um movie soundtracks or specifically a original song that was made for a movie soundtrack um so i guess i'll kick it off to brennan See what it likes? No, no. Okay, no, I'll go you, ahead and take you, it myself. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're taking. Yeah, you, you're the man. I'm the man. I'm taking this car for a ride. All right, we're yeah. all gonna die. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't have a seatbelt. Oh shit. Yeah, what's the seatbelt? Oh, I have no idea what that is. Hey, just hold on to something. Okay, so in this situation, um, I was trying to think about what was a good original score, um, okay. that worked for a soundtrack. I got to interject, you know, just for formality. Drop the needle on side A. Bam. <laughs> needle was dropped. You hear the scripture in the great, background. Great time, uh, <laughs> we'll basically get this down. <laughs> right. At some point, two years from now, it'll make it sound like it's all together. You know, for right now, we're just kicking it. So, and so, this so really, that's, that's an editing. That's all an editing. But I was going to interject like before, and, and then you know, as you're hearing this, a needle drop. <laughs> right. He narrated. He's a narrator. That's what he does. So, as far as editing goes, I'm gonna say, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> but outside of all that um, and just make that sound right <laughs> mic drop there we go so i'm talking about the track that i chose um it's a movie that's kind of near and dear to me a little bit because i was going through a little bit of a struggle um trying to be an artist trying to get away from a particular situation no i wasn't a pimp by any means but when you're trying to make it in the music industry and you don't know which way is up and you don't know exactly how to do it, this movie kind of gave you a guideline of what not to do, but also what to do as far as uh, following your dreams and doing the best that you can. Uh, essentially, this was the one big fake it till you make it type movie. And um, I actually liked the way that it came out. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about nowadays it's hard out here to be a pimp. Um, no other than the original hustle and flow soundtrack for the movie um one of the particular songs that dj um was rapping about and uh terrence howard is his name um dj is actually a pimp 
in his local hotel of South Memphis. And he's uh, basically trying to get out of being a pimp and get into the rap game. Um, he's always been known as a rapper, always been known as a spitter. For those of y'all who haven't seen the movie, shame on you. Um, it's going to be spoiler alerts all through here. But those who have, uh, one of the uh, original tracks on there that came from the movie uh, was called Hard Out Here for a Pimp. And basically it was... You would almost say it was a lyrical autobiography of everything that DJ was going through, um, basically being a pimp in the streets and trying to make something out of his life and and trying to to do everything right. And as soon as you think everything's good, you know, one of your hoes up and leaves. And the next thing you know, you got to make ends. So um, it was produced by uh, Three Six Mafia, a.k.a. DJ Paul. And uh, um, oh, why his name just slipped out of my head just that quick? I don't say DJ Paul, and I was gonna say DJ Jazzy Jeff. It's not Jazzy Jeff. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, all I, I had was three Mafia and Paul Campbell. No, it's um. Oh, what was his name? Why is hey, Taj? You're gonna edit this out, right? <laughs> I, I yeah, do you need me to? At this point, this is when you hear needle draft. <laughs> all right. Hey, no, here, no. here. Look. Hey, I'm I'm going to jump in while you, you look it up. So I, I will say that, okay, I listened to the song like two or three times. It, I mean, the beat is awesome. Like it grooves, it slaps, like it's good. But, you know, kind of the lyrical choices behind it is kind of like juxtaposition <laughs> for me. But, but then, so I was trying to figure out something because like I really like the song. Like it's really good. So I was trying to come up with something to to talk about when we did the podcast, right? So I went on YouTube to kind of see like, hey, is there a parody version of this or, or whatnot, right? To, something to talk about. I came across, they actually had the scene from the movie where he's recording the track. I have, so I'm going to be honest, I've not seen the movie. I've seen that one scene. Oh my God, like I want to see this movie. Like the acting in that one scene is like, and it totally gives a whole new perspective to the song. And you're like, this song totally makes sense. And now after seeing the scene, you, you can't separate the two. Like exactly. It, I, especially her, like, like, Hey, we need you to do this. And then they're like, yes, that's it. That's the melody. Get out of here. And then you hear, she hears it on the playback. Oh man. That is just like, it, especially the scene where he's like, yeah, it, where she does it. And he's like, give me all of it. You know, he, he like pushes up his chair on her. He's like, you can do more, push it out. And you're like, Oh shit. Like he's, he's totally telling her to, to give it all she's got or else type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Nola kill them fans. <laughs> it's hot as hell in that room and they've got no fans going. Cause you don't want the fans to bleed into the microphone. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. It's juicy J by the way. I don't know why in the world I forgot his name. He's the most popular three, six mafia member of the group, but yeah, juicy J is the individual that I was talking about. Um, they basically put the uh, soundtrack together, the whole soundtrack they produced, executive produced the whole thing. And um, even won an Academy Award for uh, original song uh, for a movie. So, um, you know, that was something that had never been done. Nobody had ever won a rap song for an Academy Award. And yet here they came in and actually got that. So that was their claim to fame and situation. And, and that particular scene that you're talking about, Taj, is like the go-to scene for a lot of people, um, mainly because when you're trying to record 
in your own house or at somebody else's house or on your own, basically not in the studio, but on your own. That is a real pretty good depiction on how it actually goes. You're you're making chemistry, you're making music, you're in the zone. Something else might come in and mess it up. You might hear a siren go past or or somebody honking their horn outside or somebody's dog is barking. You can hear a recorded in the track. You're pissed out because you got to go back, re-record the whole thing. The microphone is messing up. You don't know exactly how to play with that. Like all that stuff is actually real. It's actually been dealt with and, and done on, on a continuous basis. You still got kids now who are recording in their, their bathroom or in their closet somewhere or just got a microphone right in front of them, not realizing that the sound quality is not the best, but it's not about sound quality. It's about the vibe of the music and how it puts you in and, and what it sets you that. So right. that's 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 kind of like one of my one of my go-to tracks whenever I'm feeling like some kind of some kind of way or or even if it's just about my normal everyday type situation you know i'll take it back to that movie just a little bit just so i can see the feeling how they felt when they were making that music not only that one but the keep hustling keep pushing and also the main one was the first one was the whoop that trick so if you ever see it go back and look at whoop that trick and you will completely get wrapped up in that movie and make you like it that much more okay all right, for for sure. But yeah, that one scene alone, it's like I want to see the whole movie. Like, yeah, and but the song itself, like total choice track. <laughs> yeah, and I I was familiar with the song. I was also familiar with the movie. I remember seeing the movie at the, the at the theater, and uh, I I was a fan of the film. I was a fan of the soundtrack. Um, my my memory is more of the version in the film than on like the the three six mafia album so Mm -hmm. i think more of the the film version and the scene that taj saw that makes him want to watch the film uh (laughs) but yeah it's uh it's a great film great performance great music uh i think it's a excellent choice cool cool damon you're on mute i guess you didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) oh no um I didn't. I was just letting y'all talk. Oh, you saw it. You can see that on me. Okay. Yeah, I do that when I'm not talking. Uh, so yeah, no, I think that's. I haven't seen the movie. Um, it definitely. Uh, it, it is a, a good track, though. I mean, I think that I need to see the movie. And you know, it's really funny that I can't actually hear the soundtrack on Pandora. I don't know why. I think it's because of the licensing, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's definitely, it's a, I think it's a really, really interesting mix that they have there. Like, I, I, I don't think I've seen a movie like that before. They, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I could tell it's going to be something like something I haven't seen before. A different take on that, that lifestyle. And just like, I think it'd be pretty interesting to check it out. <laughs> I need to see the movie. So I'm going to go see the movie tomorrow for sure. Cool. I'll tell you like this: <laughs> the movie will make the song makes that much more sense. Um, you know, you listen to the right. song, you kind of look at it from a from an outside view, looking in. But once you actually see the movie and, and what took place in order to make that song, then it will give you a whole new appreciation for it. Well, and yeah. I, I think you can watch. I think you can watch the film, and even if you aren't wanting to be a rapper, but you're someone who inspires to to be an artist. You there's definitely a lot to take away from that film. You don't yeah. you don't have to want to be a musician for that movie to to encourage you 
to follow your dreams. Yeah. And I'll admit that, that the first time I listened to that, it, before I even saw the clip, like the takeaway I got from the song is like, that song is, I mean, cause it's appropriate that the, that it comes from hustle and flow because that song is all about hustle. Like granted it's specific to being a pimp, but you listen to that track. It's all about doing, doing your hustle. Like you got to do your hustle else. Shit ain't going to get done. Yeah, but how do you feel about the flow? <laughs> the flow was on point. I'm just saying, <laughs> but, but the message was all hustle. But yeah, <laughs> That was another thing that kind of got a buzz out of it. Nobody ever thought Terrence Howard as a rapper. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> never. We, 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 I even heard that he was playing the part. I'm just looking at myself like, oh, this is going to be such a bust. I'm never going to watch this bullshit. <laughs> and he actually played the role. Um, there was another uh, Tennessee rapper. Uh, I have to look up the information, but he was the one that wrote most of the raps for Terrence Howard to uh, spit in that movie. And, you know, the director didn't want to use him at first and then turn around and he said, OK, well, come back with the song and then we'll see what's going on. He was a local artist and he actually came back with like 20 songs. It's like, y'all can use any of these. I, I wrote them last night. And he's like, you wrote them all in one night? Yeah, I wrote them all in one night. Like, what do you need? And sure <laughs> enough, he got some, you know, picked and be on part of the movie as well. So I will definitely look up his name. Todd, you can edit this part out. <laughs> gotcha. I'm, I'm I got to pay you all the time for doing all this work, bro. I'm sorry. But. We're just going to bleep it out with a needle drop every time. <laughs> That'll work. So, all okay. right. So we're going alphabetical here. Taj, what was your uh, choice track? Oh, I'm next. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) mine is uh, all about the lovely world of Canada. (laughs) So this is a. You sponsored by Canadian tourism, <laughs> right? Have you tried maple syrup lately? <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so um, I picked um, an actual. So the movie is uh, takes place is set in Canada. <laughs> so and the characters live in Canada. The band that I picked is from Canada. <laughs> So it's just double, double Canada there, double dose of Canada. Um, so the song that I picked is Black Sheep by Metric. Now, um, it's uh, off the uh, movie soundtrack for uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So um, it's, so the one thing I will say about the whole Scott Pilgrim album is it's very much um, lo-fi, kind of like mid-fi quality music like it's raw like and so black sheep is one is a little bit more polished than like uh sex bombs but it's still it's a it's a jam like you it's it's not like fully like you know edited like pop polish but you you can tell that they're a a hit a a tad better than lo-fi but it's still an awesome song so um in the movie brie larson actually sings the song and so they're on the soundtrack there is a version with brie larson singing it 
And then there's the version with the original artist singing it. The only difference is um, Brie Larson has some oh yeahs at the beginning, whereas the original uh, metric version uh, has uh, a very uh, melodic like uh, Black Sheep, come on, Black Sheep, come on, right at the beginning, right before it fully drops in. And so the, the other thing that I really like about it is, and it, this will go back to what my early albums I had is the words hello again. And so it starts off with hello again, friend of a friend. You're like, Oh my God, you got me right there. You're like, cause it's instance instantly welcomes you back and you're like, okay. So, and, and the crazy thing about the song, and I don't know what it is. It's, you can listen to that song while it's playing and sync all the melodies. Like the melodies come naturally to you. Like you feel like, you know, all the words to that song, but it's like, it doesn't repeat, <laughs> you know, but, cool. but yeah, that, that's my, that's my pick. So, uh, the, if you've never seen the movie, uh, in it, they're the band called clash of demon head. So, which is a way <laughs> it, uh-huh. that's a pretty cool band. <laughs> Uh, name. That's a, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I have seen that movie. Sorry okay. that I, I haven't seen you, but I'm going to go. I'm definitely going to check that out. Hustle and Flow for sure. But Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so I like that Michael Sarah yeah. in the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, actors. Yeah. I'm not worried about you uh, going to see Hustle and Floor Boss. It's not a problem. I have seen this one. This is one of my top 10 movies um, of all time just because of the craziness that's involved in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I love the video game. I love the, the comic books behind it. I love everything about it. So, you know, Clash of Demon Head is what I thought the original band name was until I went to go look up the soundtrack and found out it was a band called Metric. I was like, damn. And I knew Brie Larson was singing in it. And I, I love the whole setting of it because, you know, coming from that, that part of Canada, I think they're in Toronto or, or where Vancouver, where, where are they listed at? I want to say it was Toronto. Toronto. Okay. So. Yeah. They're like the band that made it out, so to speak, right? So now they're coming back. Like you said, they got this whole polished sound that everybody is loving. And I love the drops, the guitar drops, and the whole nine. And here you got Sex Bombs over there in the corner, like, okay, there's no way we're going to live up to this. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> tell the truth. We sucked up there, right? Right? <laughs> well, I. So truly, like my other favorite track that I almost picked, and they actually play it in the movie, is "Garbage Truck." Yes, <laughs> that song. Like you know, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna drive my garbage truck. I'm gonna be your garbage man. You're like, oh man, this song is on. I'm playing. The other yes. one is. The, the other reason why it's really lo-fi is because you have that one uh, band that's like, you know, you know, um, was it I'm sad and no, uh, I'm sad and I wish you would die. And then it, it just goes, has a rhythm. And he's like, I'm so sad. <laughs> and <they're done. laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like, what was that? <laughs> So. There's so many cool elements to that movie, um, especially, you know, all the fight scenes and everything that's going on with it and they tie it back into the music like that. That was definitely cool. But, yeah, that Black Sheep song, that was like, 
that totally won me over. And then I was mad it was only on for like maybe 30 seconds to a minute in the movie. I'm like, why didn't y'all play the whole damn song? <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got a melan- melancholic sound to it. Like, really, really nice rhythms. Yeah, I, I, def- I like that band a lot, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that fit well with the movie. I just remember at the end of the movie thinking, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Michael Sarah's really cool, but I don't know what the hell's going on, man. Like, was he dreaming? Is this shit really going on? Maybe it's just because I don't, I don't understand movies. I don't know. I try. I try. Sometimes I do, but then I don't. We need a new podcast with Damon called Understanding Movies with Damon. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, actually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to hold you to it, Brandon. <laughs> like I explained the movie, you're like, wait, but what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's seven, seven deadly ex boyfriends? No, exes. What? Exes. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy the song. I haven't seen the movie in forever, but as soon as it started playing. I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember this scene. And uh, I listened to both versions, and they're pretty similar, except, except that introduction, for sure. Right. Like you saying. But, um, yeah, I think that the metric version is still better than right. the, <laughs> the Brie Larson one. I, I do, th- too. And and so the 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 thing was, like, the, the writer, like... Clash at Demon Head, the lead singer, was written inspired based off of the singer from Metric. So that's why it's kind of this weird thing where it's like meta on meta because it's like she's playing a character that was based on the character that they're playing their song from. You're like, this is just all wrapped up in a paradox. I like that movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Cool, cool. All right, Brandon, what you got up? All right. So I had to rack my brain. Um, I am uh, a movie fanatic, and there's so many songs that pop in my head. So, you know, I I don't even know if this was my favorite song, but it was definitely the one that came to mind right away uh, when we were discussing what our topic would be. And um, my gut just told me, if that's the one that pops in your head almost immediately, Go with this one. And uh, it is a song from 1971. It's a song about a private detective. And um, he has a name. Um, <laughs> I'm only talking about Shaft. The theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes. You got uh, bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't. I think I probably heard the song before I actually saw the movie. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, it certainly made me seek out the movie, though, hearing the song, because I I still listen to that song. I don't turn it off when I hear it. I'm not. I'm not bored by it. I love. I love the the funk, the soul, just. Like there's just so much sound going on in there. Just the the beat at the very beginning, like just gets you tapping your feet and you know, just yeah, like you just you're enjoying the groove and, and then and then like, you know, the ins- the instrumental goes on for a while and then all of a sudden I think he's just his voice just like pops in and 
I, it's, I, I don't know. Just the songs is, is so incredible. You know, I think an original song that that you hear first before you see the movie and makes you want to see the movie. That song did its job, and uh, you know, I definitely seeked out the the Shaft films because of that song, and um, made me become a big Isaac Hayes fan. And I've discovered many albums by him, but it all comes from that song, that that theme from Shaft, um, and that song. You know, it it was a hit. It, I mean, that album came out. It was number one on the Billboard. It went on to win an Oscar. Um, it, yeah, it's just it's incredible. And he also did the whole the whole soundtrack, the whole score, the songs, everything. Um, and and the whole album is great. But I mean, that theme song is is iconic, and uh, that that's my choice. <laughs> Man, okay, oh, I love that. Yeah, Shaft. Like it almost like. That kind of reminds me too. Like you ever watch it, like Enter the Dragon or some of those older, like uh, I guess seventies movies. And I don't know if they're like was it black uh, exploitation? Uh, movies? Yeah, black exploitation. Yeah, exploitation. Uh, they all have kind of like that. Like I love, like I think Quentin Tarantino goes there a lot in his his movies too, um, which is really why like I think he's definitely a weird dude. But I've heard the interviews with him where he sounds like so down to earth and he just he just likes that that funky groove. Like that's what that's what I get from Shaft too. Like it's it's it brings me to this weird like another world and I'm I'm just like loving it. The whole seventies vibe, that weird kind of like offbeat sound with the music and uh Isaac Hayes is great too. Did you no, I, I don't know for sure did Isaac Hayes do that he did the whole album? Did you already say that? Yeah, yep. yeah, he did the whole album. Yeah, I mean that's that's no that's that's fantastic, man. That's awesome. That's a lot of work too, and uh, uh, that, sh- that that shows his uh, his talent, man. Um, but like, if you haven't seen Shaft, yeah, definitely see that. And it's been for me, it's probably been twenty years since I saw that movie. I think I was on a kick where I was just watching like weird shit from the seventies, and like that was one of them when I first moved here in Austin, we have a place called the Alamo draft house where they, amongst other theaters where they show like, uh, something like shaft and they might have a live score or something. Uh, if your city has that and they're showing movies and you like that kind of shit, go do it. Right. So but yeah, shaft is, that's some funky ass shit. I tell you. <laughs> All right. So, listening on it now like i was for sure it was funky so i knew it was funk but it was it coming out of or or during the disco because it had disco vibes to it so i kind of thought it was like a funky disco track but it, am I it was in the midst of disco disco didn't end till about 78 79 okay so it's got some pre-disco notes to it you know yeah it's pre-disco and it's got like like his own his own beat. It's I wouldn't say disco. I I can't say oh I hate disco. I don't like disco because it just makes me think of people that might like disco and then I just want to slap them. But yeah, <laughs> that's not what I get from listening to. This. Oh no, yeah, I'm sorry, Brandon. Is... You're a disco fan. That's cool. No, I don't. I don't dislike disco. I certainly don't hate disco. Right. I, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You're gonna have to enlighten me uh, in a future. Future episode for sure. We'll have to do a disco episode. Yeah, but, right. uh, definitely, <laughs> that would I'm be crazy. Down for doing favorite disco song. 
That's gonna have to happen now. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think Isaac Hayes like doesn't give me a disco vibe. He's no, definitely funk. Right. Definitely yeah. funk. Yeah. The other thing I, I pulled from is like it, the song is solely like he's a lover and a fighter. Like he he's not picking either one. Like he's gonna be both. He's gonna be a lover and then he's gonna come protect you and then he's gonna love you again and then come protect you again. He's gonna fight you with love, man. <laughs> exactly. That's like Taj. That's what Taj would do, right? Like, <laughs> that, Taj. No, me. Private investigation and, and cops cool for for that era and time frame. Like when you think of a cop, you know they especially in those type of movies, they showed them in their uniforms, stopping to get coffee, eating donuts, being the last one on the scene when a shootout breaks out, and and they're looking around trying to figure out what's going on. Like they completely mocked cops, but in the same sentence, they brought in somebody like Shaft, and you know he actually made cops look cool like he made you know trying to find trying to fight against tyranny or trying to fight against you know criminals in in the area look cool and he definitely was a cool individual about it um held his own ground did some things outside the law did some things outside of what you would consider to be you know right in a particular situation but he got results and he got the job done and if you gave him a chance you know he would sleep with your old lady so (laughs) I think that was the best part. (laughs) You got your wife in the bar and you're having a drink and you turn around and she's gone somewhere in the bathroom with him. And it's like, oh, (laughs) damn. Okay. Um, What what you going to say when they come out? Like, he's got lipstick stains all on his neck and you want to fight him, but he's going to whoop your ass dry. So... And she might, your wife might come out a better person after this whole experience. So you might think, I don't know. I mean, she'll at least be good for about a week or two until he comes back around. Then you're like, damn, okay. Uh, It it makes you okay to be a cuckold for some reason. I have no idea why. (laughs) You must have everybody in a trance. That's probably all that jewelry he's wearing. Oh man, with the with the turtleneck and the, and the leather coat, like can't nobody pull that off. Just because. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> I wish I could. Maybe I can try that. All right. It's too hot here, though. Right. <laughs> right. I right, you heard it first. Halloween, Damon's gonna be shaft. <laughs> Halloween twenty forty. I got some time to think about. <laughs> I got some time to think about it. We'll make it yeah. do what it do, man. I got you. Just, just don't take it too far. Just, just you know, dress clothing wise, and just stop there, please. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I could, I could be so asshole about that. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's the day giveaway, man. He's spot on. He's good. Just give me the jacket. Oh man. that'll work okay cool good track man good choice uh damon bring it in the rear man what you got my turn oh my gosh um yeah so we're talking about like original songs the movies i I just got thinking and one of my favorite movies is a 90s film of course like all my favorite movies are probably from the 90s um 
somehow they just made movies differently then. I don't know. Maybe not better, but different. Uh, but so this this movie um, has a lot of music in it, actually. And, and I was actually surprised to hear that this or to find out that my my choice track uh, was an original for the movie. Um, so by the band, no doubt. It's a song called New. And this is on the Go soundtrack. Um, awesome movie. And I think that maybe in the late night, this is, this is, this came out in 99. The band actually formed in 92. So Gwen Stefani is the singer of No Doubt. She's awesome. Uh, they're kind of like a ska band. They started out kind of like ska pop rock. Um, there are a lot of things really, but, and I think they're still, they still do their thing. They've, they've had ups and downs, but, uh, they still play. And, um, yeah, no, this, this, this movie has like a lot of movies in the nineties. It has a lot of up and coming stars, but, uh, was it? I have a little bit of info in front of me. So directed by Doug Lyman. Is it Lyman? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I know he's done other. What's that? He directed swingers. Oh yeah. I see. I love that movie too, which is kind of like, that's, that's a nineties movie too. Right. Brandon. Yeah. 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 He, he did swingers first and then go. Yeah. So, um, there's there's just a lot of like Tay Diggs, um, he's a big name. He was in this uh, Kate Holmes, Katie Holmes. I mean, she was like what is it Dawson's Creek or something like that where she started out. But you know, this is like kind of like their their time to shine in the late '90s. Uh, Sarah Polly is like she's kind of like the kind of the main star or whatever. But yeah, it's just just like fun filled, kind of like filled with music. This whole movie, uh, awesome awesome soundtrack. Really good scenes, kind of crazy, like people our age, right? Like, I, I guess I don't say how old I am, but you know, late 90s were my time. That was my time to shine. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really love the, the soundtrack, the movie, and I, I really like the, the band, uh, no doubt a lot. Um, I never got to see them actually tour. My wife got to see him, see him play in the 90s. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was my choice track. Uh, check out No Doubt if you don't know who Gwen Stefani is. I'd be surprised. I think she even dated the guy from uh, Bush, uh, Gavin. So I don't know. If, I don't know what happened with that. But I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the history of uh, her dating life. But yeah, no, that's that. That was definitely uh, an influential movie for me. I guess in a way, it just kind of like the epitome of of everything that you know was around me in my life at that time in the late nineties. So that's what's up. So, I, all right. So I, I had to look up the, the song on YouTube because it, it wouldn't play on the streaming service I had. So right. I, I, I got to listen to it with the music video. So uh, the music video didn't quite make a lot of sense <laughs> to me as far as like the context of I the movie. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess what I was trying to figure out was um, my takeaway on the song is like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an early like love song. Like it's saying like, Hey, things are better if they're new and just keep things new <laughs> type of thing. And, and don't let grow old. So I, I guess I was curious, like, cause I was trying, it was a good song. Don't get me. And I like the track, but I, I needed some more stuff to put in context and I couldn't quite put it in, yeah. in more context. No, I think so. it's like, it, I guess you could say like you're, you're kind of thinking it might be like sort of like a love song, but I think yeah. it's more like a, 
it's like I guess you could say that, like maybe your love for your passion and what you want to do in your life, you know, like uh, the movie Go is a lot of people that are like out of high school, you know, they might be of college age or just after that, but they're like early 20s. They don't know what they're doing with their life, right? So they're trying to find some kind of direction and everybody's just kind of, they're also just trying to have fun. Like really it's, and really it's like, it's a continuous like, if you see The Hangover, it's one night of just going out and doing whatever. Like, crazy shit's happening. You didn't plan it, but this is what's going to happen, right? Gotcha. Uh, so, it's like that mixed with, like, people trying to find themselves. Okay. Gotcha. The song New really is just kind of like, like I was saying, like, to me, it's like, it just it just uh, fits the movie so well. You know, it's like That's late fun. 90s, like, it's that kind of, it's that kind of, uh, that genre with uh, early 20s and, you know, people just doing whatever, trying to find themselves. Yeah. I mean, there's so many movies like that, right? Those are my favorite types of movies, really. I love I love all movies that are that are like up in you know, your coming of age or right, like gotcha. something. It's like, I mean, I could list them all. I'm not going to do it. But no, I got you. I got those, you. Those, those hit me, you know, at home. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I got, I got you. Yeah. I I know the movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, yeah. I'm liking the movie quite a bit. And uh, it was, I actually bought it on DVD, but when it first got released, that's how much I liked it. Um, I do remember there was a lot of music, but it's been such a long time since I've seen the film. And so when you pick that song, I, I listened to it and I couldn't remember that song, but right when it started playing, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Right. I remember this. And it definitely fits. It fits very well in the film. Yeah, uh, I get excited about it, man. I can't remember the scenes that it played in, but I, I do remember the song. And uh, I do remember I remember enjoying it, and I still enjoy listening to it again. Yeah, and it, like the movie's like, it's kind of like, it's a little bit forced time, I guess, but it's like, it's a late 90s. So they have like, there's a gay couple in the movie. There's like, uh, I guess like, there's a drug dealer, you know, like there's a lot of like this crazy shit going on. That's the nineties, right? Like people going right. to raves or whatever. Like there's just like a whole scene there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I, I definitely think that, uh, Doug, Doug Lehman was like, he really hit, he really hit it the nail on the head. I mean, that was like, uh, that, that, that definitely, I could watch that movie over and over again. And like other 90s movies that kind of fit that genre, you know, like the 20, 20 somethings. And yeah, uh, it's, it's good. It, 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 if you haven't seen the movie, definitely check it out. And I don't think you have seen it. I've actually. Oh, you have, have you seen it, Dietrich? I'm sorry. No, I hadn't seen the movie. That's one of the few that I have not actually seen, uh, came across. Um, I'm kind of like Taj. I, um, watched the music video. Uh, then turn back and listen to the song itself, just like so I hear the lyrics. Yeah. I love the track. I love No Doubt. I, I love the, the melodic flows that he come with. And it definitely was late nineties. Um, it's, it's got that whole vibe to it. So I, I'm not even tripping on that. Uh, if I, I'll make you a deal. If you go see Hustle and Flow, I'll go see Go. Okay. <laughs> deal. And then we can all sit down and watch Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus the world. And help explain it to you. <laughs> I'm going to need some notes on that one. Yeah. I'm going to need some notes. Why is it oh. Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you have Pilgrim? 
<laughs> Why is he dressed like that? He looks like a pirate. Are you a pirate? <laughs> I mean, you guys had a movie, right? Like, it, did it make total sense to you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had read the whole graphic novel but before I, I saw the movie, so, so that kind of helped a little bit. So. Oh, I got to. Yeah, I mean, there's there there is that aspect of me not reading books really. Like, I wouldn't have or a graphic novel even. I probably wouldn't have read that. But that no, that would help definitely knowing the the background of that. Right. I thought it was a great visual movie, and I thought that it was like obviously there was like a message there, and it was it was like showing us like how these people are feeling and what's going on, and but it, like in a very expressive way. Right. His fantasy went nuts. <laughs> right? Am I am I close? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. I mean, it's it just they live in the world that's not quite our world. So it's like there's some weird world logic got in there. Oh, of course, it's like Canada. What do you expect? Yeah, it's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's Canada. What do you want? Right. Hey, no offense to the Canadians, man. Shout out to y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm coming back up there real soon. <sighs> Gotta show love. All right. So, so uh, was there just to ask? Was there any other as mentions that you guys almost did? It, I so I almost picked Forever Young by Madonna from uh, With Honors. That was that was kind of what my other ones I almost did. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I was gonna do used to be my playground from. Another that's another Madonna song from a League of uh, Their Own. Ah, so that I thought that was actually a really good movie. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll have to do a Madonna episode. We're gonna do it. <laughs> Shout out to Madonna. The, the, the rest of us were like, "You were gonna do a the Madonna song? Oh my god, I was gonna do it." <laughs> <laughs> Dietrich, I know you were going to do a Madonna song, man. Yeah, like a version? Why not? Actually, wasn't that in Desperately Seeking Susan? But I don't think it was It was written for the movie. Okay. For the movie. But how about Who's That Girl? That was that's written for right? that yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an original. Nice. And that, that is great. We're going to do a Madonna episode coming up. Sometime in the near future, folks. So we're going from disco to Madonna. Everybody, right. on her. <laughs> That's how we're gonna make it work. Okay. Uh, I didn't have any other tracks, Brandon. Did you have anything else? I mean, I kind of did, but I, I think I'll save them just in case we do something else. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. That'll definitely work. Okay. No well, this time, right. <laughs> Uh, at this time, uh, we're going to switch over to side B. We're going to take a record off. We're going to flip it over. And on this side, what we're doing is we're talking about an album that we were giving homework to to go and listen to a particular artist. And then we get a little bit of explanation, a backstory about the artist, about the album itself, how it inspired that individual. And uh, what songs did we pick off of the album that we thought, you know, kind of touched us in a certain type of way. So, uh, Brandon, I'm going to give you the cue. You take it away, man. All right. So for this episode, the album that I selected was Overnight Sensation by Frank Zappa from 1973. Um, 
The first time that I ever really remember hearing Frank Zappa was me driving home late at night after working till one or two in the morning. And I'm in my car and I'm on the radio station. It was like a rock station here in Austin. And the song comes on and it was called Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. And I don't I, I don't remember ever hearing that song before, but it was like a vision because it it like just it impacted me and it made me want to find out like more about Frank Zappa. I can't remember if they told me it was Frank Zappa or I just had to find out who did that song. But it, it definitely like it, it opened up a door for me. And um, next thing I know, I'm I'm trying to find as much Frank Zappa as I can. And I find out that that album or that song is on the album Apostrophe, which was from 1974. And uh, that was Frank Zappa's first solo album. But the year before that. It was his last album that he ever did with the Mothers, the Mothers of Invention. That was his band that their debut album came out in 1966 called Freak Out. Um, and the last album he ever did with the Mothers technically was Overnight Sensation. What's interesting is that during that session, they he was also recording Apostrophe at the same time. So both of those albums were being made around the same session. But that was his last album credited with the mothers. Um, but it's it's definitely a, a very a, a solo Frank Frank Zappa album. Um, and I kept trying to go back and forth. Like I, I definitely wanted to pick a Frank Zappa album for you guys, but I wasn't sure which one because I have so many that I love. But Overnight Sensation. It just depends on the day and how I feel. Because like one day I'll go, it's Apostrophe, and then the next day it's Joe's Garage. The next day is shake your booty and, and, and then it's going to be overnight sensation. And I think I mainly picked overnight sensation because of my favorite track on there, which I'll tell you here momentarily. Um, but a little bit about Frank Zappa. If you don't know anything about Frank Zappa, shame. Uh, <laughs> check out the most, I think, I think the most accessible thing out there is a recent documentary called Zappa directed by Alex Winters. And you can see it on Hulu right now. It may be somewhere else by the time this episode comes out. But uh, <laughs> I definitely recommend checking out the documentary because it will tell you everything that you need to know about Zappa in two hours. Um, but he he's he's an icon. He's a legend. He was a musician. He was a composer. He was a band leader. He was a conductor. Um, he was a songwriter. He was... He 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 went against the, sta the status quo. He was against organized religion, mainstream education. He believed in no censorship. Um, he he combined jazz and rock and pop and classical music in his in, in his sound. Um, you know, he was prolific. He was productive. Oh, he was very never prolific. Stopped. He never stopped working. I mean, he, he has at least over 60 albums that came out. Um, and you listen to his music and, and sometimes you might think like, Oh, it's all over the place, but no, no, he, I mean, he, he was meticulous. Yeah. Sure. There might be some free form, you know, um, what's where I'm looking for, like some free form 
um oh man i'm i'm blanking but in, improvisation freeform improvisation but he still brings it back together and you hear those weird notes go up and down it's like what am i listening to and then all of a sudden it comes back to the original song that you started listening to I hear some like wacky horns or something, right? What's really interesting about Frank Zappa too? He was self-taught. He was a self-taught composer. Are you um, kidding me? Hmm? Wow! I said, are you kidding me? That's that's incredible, man. You know, a lot of people consider him like the the father of like comedy rock, but the people are sometimes turned off by his lyrics. Um, but he he was just a satire of American culture. That's what it was, you know, and. And he he was a, a a great voice, and uh, unfortunately, he was he was someone that that died too young. He was only fifty two when he died. Um, I that's, that's crazy. Can't I mean I I can only imagine what he would have been able to accomplish because I mean he he was ahead of the time ahead of his of his time, and even in the eighties, he was very inspired by these two new technologies. So it would have been crazy to see where he would have gone. Um, but anyway. <laughs> are you talking about technology and music? Or are you talking about like advancements in like sound and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, because he, he felt like when, when, so one of the things like that he felt very much like a Spike Jones, but he didn't take it to the comedy level. Like he did the Spike Jonesy part, but he did it to make a collective noise. And, and so that's like the, the music is very, there like in the it's it's there to be listened to to take over the room it's not there to be like passive <laughs> that the music is there well, part, of me, part, part of me wants yeah. to say like i would have to be like on an acid trip to really understand what he's doing and then part of me is like oh wow this is actually i i, I can really get into this music but you know that people were doing that i mean you go to a frank zappa show i'm sure they're they're on some kind of drug and they're having a good time but also his message was wasn't just oh just be just you know just let yourself go like he was actually like i think it wasn't this album brandon overnight sensation but it was another one i think i mentioned to you before that i had listened to and i really thought it was pretty cool and i like the intro because it's not really music in the intro you hear some like you can hear instruments going in the background but they're talking about voting like he was actually trying to get people to vote and be a part of their community at his show Called, I believe this was this album was called The Last U.S. Tour, and it was from 1988. Um, so, like, there's there's something called the League of Women Voters, and that's how we vote. You know, locally, they still exist. They're like everywhere. Um, he had he had one of the leaders from uh, the League of Women Voters on his album come out and talk about voting. It almost sounded like, kind of sounded like I was listening to like Woodstock a little bit, right? But like that, a lot of that kind of music was probably at Woodstock that era so he's pulling like uh i think he's pulling a lot of i don't know it's almost like it's timeless like his music could be compared to even like like i don't know if anybody would have ever think this but dave matthews band has horns they have all kinds of instruments going on right i i wonder if dave matthews was a big fan of frank zappa that i don't know i didn't look into that but i mean that's kind of i, I wanted to say jam band but no it's not not necessarily jam band, but it really does keep it going. Like you can, you can listen. I could listen to that doing, you know, doing a project at home, driving my car, or, or just being at a concert, rocking out. But like, like I was saying, like this, this definitely, like I could be in tons of different moods listening to this stuff. I mean, and the instruments are like 
incredible. You can really hear that these they're they're they wrote they composed their music. It's not yeah. just like, oh let's let's try this out. Oh cool yeah you're gonna like it's not improvised really. It's like it it really does sound composed but composed chaos. That's how I would, that's how I would describe. Them. Yeah, and and if I you know I bring it back to the album, uh, the overnight sensation. You know, again, maybe it's my favorite album right now by Frank Zappa. I don't know, but right. track on there, I I adore and I love. Like I like them all for different reasons. Um, and, yeah. and these songs are not songs for the most part that are going to get commercial airplay on the radio especially the lyrics on some of those songs um because some of these songs are they're pretty suggestive not even suggestive they, they downright like tell dirty it. love i mean they just say right the name of the song right yeah. so <laughs> if i had if i had to pick my favorite track it would have to be montana montana is my favorite track on that album i sing that song to myself sometimes um, I just, I, I adore it. I, I love the composition. I love the instruments. I like the voice. It goes everywhere. It's got this doo-wop going on. It's got this jazz going on and this rock and, and the lyrics don't make any sense, but who cares? It's so fun and, and just, it's, it's so entertaining. And, and I would say my second close favorite would be Dirty Love. I, Love Dirty Love. Dirty Love, man. Such a great song. But but Montana would be my favorite. That's my favorite track, my favorite choice track on Overnight Sensation. So I, yeah, I would say Camarillo Brillo was mine. It, it it it's the first song, so maybe it's what everybody like kind of likes. You know, maybe it, it hits you at first, but it it does kind of like have a, a more composed sound to it. Maybe that's what I like more about it. I, I can't say I don't like his songs because they're not, you know, because they're not uh, more put together, you know, because like, a lot of his music is all over the place. But, you know, like I said, composed chaos. But I just like that kind of like it, it's a very funky kind of like 70s intro. And it's I don't know, it just it brings you back to be like being a kid for some reason. I don't I have no idea why. So. I think every song on that particular album is a journey. And that's what I love about, about Zappa and how he came across. He was not making music to become, uh, you know, an overnight pop sensation by any means. He was not doing it to, to, to please anybody. He literally wanted to please himself. And if he could educate some people in the process of whatever he was coming across, then so be it. But for the most part, it was everything that came, every sound, every tone, every pitch, everything that came out was exactly how he wanted it to come out. And he would not release it unless it came out that way. So in my mind, it's like every song was a journey. Um, Zombie Wolf is, is definitely my favorite um, on that particular album. It, of course, Dirty Love is is probably the easiest to listen to just because of the vibe of it. But in all honesty, you know, I love when you have spectacular movements in sound. Um, it keeps you on point. You, you can't just excuse me, tailor the track to whatever you think he sounds like or 
or you can't just sit there and listen for two minutes and 30 seconds straight and know what the next sound is going to come in at because it's not going to happen, especially with a Frank Zappa song. Um, I actually got introduced to him um, by listening to uh, Uncle Remus and uh, one of my uncle's cars. Um, he actually uh, played that song for me. I believe it was on the eight track. Uh, he still had it in an old car that he, he was trying to fix up but never really got it right. But he always had the music blasted. I can't say I, that I would I would have listened to something on an eight track. That is impressive in a car. <laughs> Yes, wow. so it was definitely fun in in that situation. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely love this path. I love everything about it. Um, you know, he's not for everybody, and that's the perfect reason why you need to listen to him. It's because you need to to actually hear what one what real instrumentation is like, not computerized. And I'm able to to quantize the beat and make everything sound all nice and neat. No, this is real instrumentation. You need to hear all the horns in the background. You need to hear all the bass, all the all the different musical instruments that were used, all the sound effects that were used, scratch paper and the whole nine in order to come up with this composition of every song. So. One, you need to hear what real instrumentation is. Two, just the layout of it. He wasn't screaming on top of the track. He wasn't yelling all at any and everybody. He had a smooth, like I said, uh, um, what was it, midnight soul radio voice. <laughs> He'd come in and just kind of make everything sound and put it all together. And he was always on top of the track. He never let the track get away from him. He never let um, the, the, the song itself get away from him. He stayed in pocket the whole time. And I love that. He's got that voice that make you feel... Like dirty loves coming your way, man. <laughs> All right, so maybe feel a little uncomfortable at first. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> turn it down now. <laughs> like, uh, there no kids around here, are there? Oh, uh, <laughs> take a break from Zappa here. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my. All right, so I'll give what my favorite song is, but then I want to come back to the album. So. So my favorite song, it's kind of a toss-up between two, but I think I'm going to go with 50-50. And the whole reason with that is just that that insane point of view of, like, I just might have something to say, but he's screaming it at the top of his lungs, and it's totally cracking. And, like, everything else smell, sounds, you know, perfectly normal. But it's like, you know, I might have something to say, but he, he's not he's not the most clear audio on that. And it's just that that logic in that song. It works for me. It, my second is is Dirty Lovin', probably. <laughs> of course, McLovin. <laughs> Dirty okay, best. so all right. So one thing that did take me by surprise, and so there's there's kind of two things I wanted to bring up here is so um, the album. Okay, I'm going to say the whole album as a whole. Like that is an album that you know that's probably one of those you put on because you're going to be smashing and you're just letting everybody know that you're going to be smashing in the other room. Like you don't care, <laughs> you know, they may hear stuff, but he, you're playing to help them to smash too. Right. Um, and you're kind of announcing it to the world. But what I was trying to figure out was like a drunk and, uncle on Christmas. <laughs> what, what I was trying to figure out was in, in what kind of took me, threw me back was, okay. 
I knew about the era of free love, you know, everybody, you know, my mom was kind of in that era. So like, you know, free love, stuff like that. You saw Woodstock, you know, I've seen Easy Rider tons of times. So, you know, I, I kind of was, you know, just shy of that era. But what kind of took me back and was kind of refreshing with this album is like, it is very much all about making love. That whole album is like, anyway it's like nice love dirty love like going down on love like that whole thing is about (laughs) love making but what was kind of an interesting refresh was that it was it wasn't objectifying it was kind of a weird juxtaposition it compared to like early rap where it's like i got my bitches and hoes type of thing this is very much like hey it's the air of love let's just get down and do it you know and then you have somebody that's like oh she can't get off unless i get her sister off all right let's get down and do it you know you're like what the heck is going on here <laughs> but it, it was it was an interesting yes it was kind of a one-sided perspective but it was very much like uh it was very much a you know a um I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Very much <laughs> consensual. I want to say consensual, but more like one respectful. <laughs> Am I wrong? Menage a trois <laughs> of an elbow. I mean, I, I would say it's, it's going back to what I said before. I definitely feel like it's satire. You know, like you think I, it's satire. I think it is because I mean he's I so. he's holding a mirror to society. Like if you if you listen to like other albums of his other songs, he definitely is doing that. Um, there's one that he does on I think it's on Shake Your Booty, and it's called Bobby Brown Goes Down. And I can't tell you what happens in that song, but go listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think we can guess what happens. But, I mean, uh, so, so, but, but here's my thing. He's not shaming any of the people for doing it, and he's not. No, no, okay. he's not. He's, no, but uh, you know, at the same time, like he's he's not afraid to to speak his mind, you know, and say what he has to say. I mean, this guy went in front of you know our government and was defending free speech, you know, and he right. was the man in the room. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need, people, we need people like uh, Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder, really. So, our freedoms. but yeah, you know, my question to you, Todd, is how many times uh, have you seen Easy Rider? Uh, three, four, maybe five times. It, my parents would uh, fast forward through certain scenes, but yeah, it, I've seen it quite a few times. I've seen, it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you got a helmet? I got a football helmet. That'll do. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It was... All right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like his songs are just sort of a... I, just like a, a satirical view on, I, I guess, sociological things that were going on in, in society. I, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I still feel like it's satire. Like, I think people over over analyzed his his lyrics sometimes and and you know but but at the same time i also think he's just again i think he's just he has something to say but i i never found his lyrics to be you know derogatory or or offensive or i don't know okay i actually never i I didn't hear the first time i heard of the zappas was his son dweezil 
Um, they, there was a, a show that he did. This this is actually, I think, another song I was going to pick for my my choice track. I was going, I was debating, but uh, Lisa Loeb uh, in the Reality Bites uh, mm. contract, she did stay. So Lisa Loeb did a cooking show with Weasel's app by the late nineties, which I thought was really funny. It was like it was a short lived thing, but uh six degrees of separation, you know. Yeah. I, I, and, you know okay. Well I was gonna say oh, go coming back to kind of something I said, you know, I I'll, I'll take that back. I think maybe he did mean to offend sometimes. You know? Okay. Like I think he did but but I don't I don't think it was like mean, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, like even even yeah, in that first at the shoe fits, right? Yeah. But, well, like even in that first song, the the Camelo Brello, like he he kind of talks about how you know she takes the poncho off and she's really smelly, but it's like he's still going, he's still going to get him some, like you know. It, and so that's why I didn't know how to take it. I, I didn't take it as satire. I kind of took it as face value, as like you know, this is the era of free love, and like you know, hey. Whatever things are, things aren't perfect, but like you're still getting some type of thing. I I don't know. I, well, I guess that's also a message too. But I think what I think what he's probably saying. I might be. I, I have been missing it. It probably went over my head. So. Well, he might be. He might just be saying, "Yeah, I don't care what you're like. I still like you as a person." But I think right. I think it's also like a you know it's 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 a message about like looks and society and how you're supposed to be. And there's probably all kinds of uncomfortable situations when you are with somebody, you know, like dating and there's a lot there. I mean, I think a lot of his comments are probably, or songs really are about like America. That That's kind of what I, I take from it is like, he's gotcha. like kind of talking about our society here, like in America um, and just how we, view sex and how we view people in general and um you know just how some for some people like you know relationships are more of uh you know it's it, it means more some for some people it's just it is just sex you know right but makes he's, sense. he's got a song on joe's garage called uh why does it hurt when i pee mm. <laughs> yeah, see? So he's he's hitting on all kind, kinds of uh, topics there. Hit <laughs> forty here. I'm glad you guys listened to it. I, I thank you. I, I wanted to introduce you to Frank Zappa if you never heard him before, because um, he, like I said, he he changed he changed my my perspective, and uh, I he is easily one of my favorite artists of all time. Did he ever do a kids album or like some kind of like uh, like a promotion for like a kids thing? Because I could totally see him doing that that kind of stuff too. Like I don't think he's all about being like a raunchy, you know, raunchy lyric lyric lyrical. I mean, he had a big yes. hit in the eighties, the Valley Girl song. Oh, okay. What was yeah. in that? Hmm? You said Valley Girl. The song was called Valley Girl, and he did it with his daughter Moon. Oh, okay. Moon. Yeah, that was a big hit for him in the eighties. I like it. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Cool. 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 All well, right. So, yeah. Do we have a Do we have a new homework? Nah, man. School's closed. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um. Uh. I guess it's my turn. So, I'm gonna flip it up a little bit. Um. Still along the lines of artistry. Um. Which is more from uh from an up to date standpoint. So. 
there's a particular artist that's out here even now um, that's very influential when it comes to modern day sound of what you call hip hop or rap. Um, not so much uh, the new sound where everybody sounds like everybody else, but more so he was kind of an innovator of not really rapping, not really singing, but kind of had a harmonic tone that made everybody kind of listen to him. Uh, also talking about problems that he was going through in his music that everybody could relate to. And for those that don't know, I'm talking about a kid from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, by the name of Kid Cudi. Um, he's one of my favorite artists, top five dead or alive, not from a lyrical standpoint, but just from a, uh, a production standpoint, um, coming across with songs that anybody and everybody can listen to at any point in time, especially when you're in a low point in your life or you just need something to vibe out to. That's where he came from. And the name of the album is called Man on the Moon. And so if you get a chance, all of your Drakes, all of your Kanye's, all of your um, any any mega artist that is out now that is doing some kind of harmonizing on top of their their singing, not so much auto tune, but just creating their own buzz in a lane that was strictly for rap. You know, they're they're based their sound off of Kid Cudi. Is, is what I would say. So um, you might want to go back and listen to the godfather of that that particular style of sound and vibe music is what I call it. And then, you know, come up to modern day and see how they compare to what they were doing back then. So okay. I want y'all to go and take a listen to Man on the Moon, Kid Cudi. Um, he's got some bonafide hits on there. Some songs that y'all are probably going to recognize as soon as they come on. And some other songs that you probably not recognize if you never heard listen to them, never heard a lick in your life. You might like one or at least one or two tracks out of there. I think everybody's going to have something fun to listen to. No, it's not Kesha, but, um, you know, he's, <laughs> he's definitely got some, some notoriety to his name. So, um, yeah, that's my homework for y'all. And, I'm excited, then, man. Awesome. And, and I looked it up real quick. So it, it's C U D I, just in case anybody's trying to spell it. So it's the last name, right? I got it. I, like, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I'm just, you know. Kid Cuddy is. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, it's not, it's not spelled all crazy. It's not K Y D. It's K I D C U D I. Yes, sir. Did, did you ever watch like the later seasons of uh, Comedy Bang Bang? Because Kid Man. Cuddy. Man. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying Kid Cudi was on the later seasons of uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Man, I have not seen. Uh, I, can't, I haven't seen that. I've seen like one episode of it. So uh, I definitely have to go back and double check that out. Um, He was also in a HBO series called How to Make It in America. Um, that was that was one of my favorite series because like he was playing the cool cat that he actually is. It's like he was playing himself. Yeah. Just so happened to be caught up in stuff. Right. He was on the mo- in the most recent Bill and Ted movie. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he was also in Need for Speed. <laughs> in the movie adaptation that they did of that of the video game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just say K. Cuddy's been around. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Cool, cool. All right. All right. All right. Uh, well, you can find this on our website and on our Facebook and other social media sites. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all 
Oh, what, what you got? Question? Question nope. to the back there. You got to lift that needle, man. Oh, got, oh okay. <laughs> got to lift the needle. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> right. We'll lift the needle till our, our next al- next uh, uh, episode. And so please uh, find this on our website, uh, social media, send us some emails, and please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Latest. <laughs> I think Bye. I'm moving to Montana soon. Montana. <laughs>